in the horror genre. I'm your host, Nicole, and it's time to share another dark tale. Welcome back, friends, and happy Women in Horror Month. I'm so happy to be here yet again. Things are going to be a little different this year. As you know, I usually have a guest on for Women in Horror Month. Um, It's a lot of fun. It's a time to have a conversation with others, but it's going to be a little different this year. It's just going to be me. Um, My last several episodes have been with guests or collaborations. It's been a while since I've done a classic solo episode, and so I decided to return to that format for this episode. And another thing that's different is that I usually choose a topic. Um, But this year, I wanted to just kind of talk about where we are with women in horror in general, Um, where we've been, uh, where we currently are, and kind of what the future looks like. And to kick that off, um, I want to give just sort of a brief personal history of uh, my own experience with women in horror. Um, I've talked about a lot of these things before, but never sort of all at once. Um, So I grew up a horror fan. Um, I've been watching horror since I was a little kid. Um, And I sort of grew up blissfully ignorant to whether or not women were involved in horror because when you're a kid you're just watching the stories and you don't think about the behind the scenes or how it gets made and um, of course you see a lot of women on the screen in horror I mean final girls are you know reigning supreme and when I was a kid I was watching a lot of slashers and so I suppose maybe that's why I never thought about it but um, in 2005 I saw American Psycho for the first time, and I remember, I mean, that movie was a difficult watch. I was 21. Um, I hadn't watched a lot of of the more difficult horror. I had watched a lot of, you know, fun horror up until that point. So that movie was a difficult watch anyway, and then I remember at the end seeing Mary Heron's name attached as the director, and I was sort of blown away by that. I thought... A woman made this movie, and it was the first time that I considered the fact that a woman could be the driving force behind a horror movie. You know, I I love all of the all of our our great masters of horror from the seventies and eighties, and never really thought about the fact that oh well, those are all men. And so once I just sort of started thinking about that, I started noticing that more often. I went back and realized that, oh, Pet Cemetery was directed also by a woman, Mary Lambert. And Pet Cemetery is, um, it's one of my favorite books and horror movies. It's been really, really important to me. And um, when I realized, oh, that was also directed by a woman, it became even more special to me. And I have since learned in the past couple of years that Mary Lambert, the director of Pet Cemetery, was also born and raised in Arkansas, which is my home state. So um, I would love to meet her someday and just kind of chat it up with her a little bit. Uh, I also found out another female connection to Pet Cemetery. The cover art of the book was painted by a woman. So Pet Cemetery uh, is special to me for many reasons, but um, I think that feminine touch is has been a you know a subconscious resonance with me. Um, another kind of pivotal moment for me is when um, I saw American Mary in 2013, I believe. 
And I had heard the buzz about that movie and was looking forward to it. And then I happened to be at a horror convention where the Saska sisters were going to be and they were going to be screening it. It wasn't available, you know, in theaters or streaming or anything at the time. So having the opportunity to see it at this convention was my first opportunity to see it. And the Saskas were going to be there. And um, that screening was just a little bit of magic. Um, I loved the movie. Um, I got to hear them introduce it. I got to meet them at that convention and they were lovely people. And I think that it was significant, not only because I loved the movie, but because we are similar in age. And so again, kind of like when I had this moment with Mary Heron, I was like, not only can women make horror, but someone like me can do it. You know, it's not just older people or people who are more established. I mean, the Saskas at the time had made one little independent film and here they put together this beautiful movie that I love and they're my age. Um, so every step of the way, it's just sort of become more accessible and has made me feel like, yeah, this is something people like me are fully capable of doing and doing well. And, you know, another thing in my own personal journey that's been very important is just the current female horror community. Because when I was a kid, um, I did realize at some point, probably when I was a teenager, that it seemed like more of a thing that boys were into watching horror and, you know, liking scary things. Now, when I would have slumber parties and break out whatever movie it was, it or scream, whatever it may be, you know, my friends had fun. They enjoyed it, but I was the one driving that train. There weren't a lot of girls, you know, on my cheerleading team that were like into horror. Um, and so I was aware of that. But as I have gotten older and met more people, I have met lots of female horror nerds. And again, that has just reinforced the fact that, you know, we're here. Female fans are here. We're in this together. You go to horror conventions. It's it's 50-50. It's not just a bunch of guys. It's, you know, it's other women. And so um, it's just made me realize that, you know, the horror community is is, is full of is full of women. Um, and that's been very encouraging. And so um, connecting with other women in this day and age that are into it, um, that's just been highly encouraging and very empowering. So before we hop into today's topic, I wanted to do just a little recap of kind of where we've been. Um, so I've been celebrating women in horror mm, for probably about 10, 15 years as I've been aware of it. But this, you know, this podcast isn't that old. So I did my first women in horror episode, my first official one in 2019. And my friend Nat joined me and we talked about directors. Uh, in 2020, I had Nat on again and we were joined by our friend Sunny, and we talked about art and horror. So that was, uh, the topic was not female focused. It was just the three of us were women and artists. And so just the perspective of that episode was female, but not necessarily the topic. Um, we get into some female artists, female horror artists and whatnot. Um, but that made that episode kind of unique. In 2021, Nat and Sunny joined me again, and we talked about female killers. That was a very fun episode. 
Um, and then last year, 2022, I was joined by Jacqueline from A Cut Above Horror Review, and we talked about a giant topic. It was the most influential women in horror. And we didn't restrict ourselves to kind of one niche. We talked about directors, actors, characters, writers, podcasters, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that was probably a little bit of an overly ambitious topic, but it was so fun to talk about all those things. And we were sort of just able to kind of just scratch the surface um, of a lot of women. Uh, but I hope that we gave everyone listening kind of something to branch off into to learn more about. And so, like I said, this year is different, um, and I just wanted to take a little time to just talk about kind of where we are. There is an official Women in Horror Month organization. They're the ones who sort of started the movement in an organized manner. Um, They're the ones that started the WIHM hashtag. That's the official hashtag um, for all things Women in Horror Month. It kind of gives everyone a pool to go to. Uh, to kind of check out other people's stuff. It's been a great way to find other people's stuff. Um, but they have a website, uh, and there used to be a Facebook group. I think there still is. But you could go to the website and share whatever your event or your project was going to be, and they would post it on their board. And it was just, it was kind of, you know, the pivot point for Women in Horror Month. And they would do, I believe, fundraisers and such. And um, a couple years ago, there was discussion about you know, what the future was going to be. There were different opinions about, you know, should we keep it in February? Uh, Should we move it to another month? Um, A lot, there was a lot of dialogue and some disagreement and such going on. And so I was just waiting to see where do we land on this? Um, I want to make sure that I'm aligning with what the group is going to do because I want to be a small part of the big whole. And so if they wanted to move it to March, I was ready to do that. And there was no answer for a while. And then they came out with a special announcement. I believe this was in 2021. Uh, And I'll read you a little bit of that. This was the official announcement from womeninhorrormonth.com. When Women in Horror Month began, the most frequently asked questions about it were, what about men in Horror Month? And is there enough to talk about to fill a whole month? Fortunately, the question about men in horror faded away, and the amount of content created in support of women in horror has increased exponentially. Issues of representation have improved in some areas, and those improvements have highlighted shortfalls in other areas. Because of the nature of the organization and our supportive role, there were times when publicly taking sides could have harmed innocent parties professionally. It may have looked like the organization was choosing silence, but important changes were made behind the scenes to mitigate potential damage to the people we worked to support. One of those changes required a long-term analysis of the community, the amount of content created, web traffic, hashtag performance, social media interaction, and more. Then the pandemic happened and normal data went out the window. Some who had previously expressed concerns were made aware that changes to Women in Horror Month were imminent, but that we wanted to proceed in the right way and armed with information that supported the changes we were considering. That brings us to the announcement we were hoping to make at the end of the month when we could point to real numbers as justification. As of March 1st, 2021, there will no longer be an official Women in Horror Month organization. Along with that, we've found that not only is there enough content, traffic, and engagement for one month, we believe there is enough to take celebrations year-round. 
We would like to encourage the community to choose their own month to celebrate, the month that best fits their own projects. February, March, October, doesn't matter. Leverage the reach you all have created by using the Women in Horror Month hashtag, or the WIHM hashtag. Create your own groups and communities. Throw your own events. We believe these changes will not only increase engagement and exposure for everyone, but create more opportunities for crossover content that brings even more attention from communities who haven't previously participated. It has been incredible watching this community grow and change over the last 12 years. We truly hope that this expansion to 12 months of Women in Horror Month facilitates even more growth and opens more doors than ever before. So when I first read this, I was kind of like, oh, no, like there's no more official Women in Horror Month. But it was also encouraging because I had already been kind of, you know, anytime I would post anything female focused, I would always hashtag it, W-I-H-M. And that had become kind of a common practice for folks uh, just as a sign of solidarity to put it out there. Again, people visit that pool. They know what it is. And so it did make sense to me um, to do that. Now, the horror community at large uh, still kind of celebrates Women in Horror Month in February. Um, I've heard, seen other podcasts use that time to focus on women, and that's great. And I think it will always be that to a certain extent. But it also got me thinking about, well, if they've been keeping track of the content, the hashtag, the traffic, and they see this expansion and they see this popularity has risen to kind of be an all year thing. I mean, I think that's only a good thing. And so um, it kind of made me evaluate, you know, what am I going to do? I am a woman in horror. Uh, so technically, everything I do could be consider- considered women in horror to some extent. And like I said, I always point out those female created or female centric things when I see them anyway. And so I was trying to evaluate if I was even going to continue doing women in horror month episodes, which led me to this year trying to decide, well, what am I going to do? And I had a few ideas, um, but nothing really like grabbed my attention as something inspiring that I really wanted to talk about. And so I thought, well, let's talk about this. Let's talk about where we are with this movement. And so I started diving in a little bit, just looking at what we've gotten in the last decade that we could consider women in horror. And, um, you know, you you go read the women in horror lists, and largely they're all very similar. As with any niche horror list, you kind of, all the hits are on there. Um, But one of the things I started to realize going through these lists is many of the top mentioned films came out in the last decade. And I thought, well, that's interesting. You know, many of the classics are older than that. Uh, Pet Cemetery is always on there. American Psycho is already on there. Two that I mentioned are very important to myself. And, And older. And, you know, there are women who have paved the way for many decades, even when there were almost no female directed horror films. Um, And, you know, part of, I think, the reason for movies from the last decade being on the list is because it's easier to remember things that have come out recently. So that might be part of it. But I don't think that's the main reason. I, I think it's because more women are directing horror films and people are enjoying them. Uh, And so to me, that was just quite a testament. And I thought, well, I've been doing this, like I said, for 
10, maybe 15 years. I've been paying attention at least. I've only been releasing content for the past few. But I was like, wow, I think we are accomplishing the goal, it it seems. Um, And so I put together a little list of things that have come out in the last decade and who directed them. So I'm going to run down that list really quickly. I'm counting American Mary. It was 2012. So it's technically a little farther than a decade back, but I'm counting it because it's important to me and it kickstarted my paying attention again. So American Mary 2012. Um, Goodnight Mommy was 2014. Uh, directed by Veronica Franz, who then also directed The Lodge in 2019. Uh, we got Honeymoon in 2014, directed by Lee Janiak, who also directed the Fear Street trilogy in 2021. Uh, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night was 2014, Anna Lily Amirpour. And she's directed a couple more since then that are not uh, squarely horror, but still adjacent. The Babadook, 2014. Uh, Jennifer Kent, who has uh, also directed a couple more. Southbound, 2015, Roxanne Benjamin. Southbound uh, is a little lesser known. Um, I put it on the list because I personally love it. It's uh, an anthology. And so Roxanne Benjamin, uh, she directed one of the segments in that anthology. She also directed Body at Brighton Rock in 2019. The Invitation was 2015, which is a movie I love, directed by Karen Kusama. Uh, who also directed Jennifer's Body in 2009, and that movie has gotten a ton of attention. People are rediscovering it. 2018, we got Tigers Are Not Afraid, which is one I've not seen, um, directed by Issa Lopez, who is in charge of the new season of True Detective, True Detective Season 4, coming out this year. So that's a big deal. We also got, in 2017, we got... XX, which is a fully female-directed horror anthology. For, it was four different directors, four different female directors. Roxanne, Benjamin, and Karin Kusama, who I've already mentioned, were two of those. Then 2021, we got Candyman, directed by Nia DaCosta, and that was one I was very excited about. I was jazzed for that movie regardless, and then when I heard that a woman was directing it, I was like, let's go. Uh, in 2016, we got Raw which I still have not seen, uh, directed by Julia Dockernow. And she also directed Titan, which hit in 2021. And that movie was huge. Uh, It won the Palme d'Or top award at Cannes and just like took the horror world by storm. It was a big deal. Um, 2019, we got St. Maud by Rose Glass. Fresh this past year, which topped a lot of top 10 lists that I saw, was directed by Mimi Cave. Um, I also wanted to mention Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities, which came out this past fall. A lot of people really liked it. And three of the eight segments were directed by women, including women I've already mentioned, Jennifer Kent and Anna Lily Amirpour. And my favorite segment was the one directed by Anna Lily Amirpour. It was a really weird, quirky little segment. Um, Not usually my flavor, um, but I really enjoyed it and kind of what it had to say. So if you haven't checked out Cabinet of Curiosities, uh, this gives you another reason to do that. And also uh, Guillermo, he introduces every episode and he's just the cutest man. So check it out. So that is a large list. And that is just kind of the top level. I could go on and on and on and on about the films that have been directed by women in the past decade. So just the fact that that big, long list 
was skimming the surface. And most of those are directors. I mentioned at least two titles that they've directed. So that's quite impressive. Quite impressive. There's also some TV being directed in there, and it's harder to kind of find TV episodes because most of these women are not directing full seasons. They're directing uh, episodes of established shows. Uh, Karin Kusama has directed Yellow Jackets, The Outsider, Man in the High Castle. Um, Axel Carolyn has done American Horror Story, Haunting of Blind Manor, Midnight Club, Mayfair Witches, which is new and hot. Uh, Roxanne Benjamin has directed Creepshow, Riverdale, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Um, so a lot of these are genre properties, but every once in a while, I'll just be watching. It might be horror, it might not be, and I'll see um, a female name of somebody I recognize from horror. Um, so these women are out there doing it and doing it well. So that is just very encouraging to me. And, you know, I don't see any sign of this slowing down. So as I'm thinking about this. I'm wondering, like, why do we think this is? You know, why are women finding more space? And I do not have all the answers. I do work in advertising, but I am not uh, an analyst or, uh, you know, I don't work with data. I'm not a strategist. But my job has kind of trained me to recognize some trends. So like I said, I don't have all the answers. These are just the things that I see that I think are probably making a difference. First of all, uh, technology has just given us more options for filmmaking outside of the studio system. So it has become easier in general for people to find avenues to get their movie made. Um, It's not just this rigid one-way street where you have to convince X amount of people you can do this. Also, social media has made it for any and all sort of niche groups to like find their people. So it's become a lot easier to find other women in horror, not just that, but to promote your own movie. You can, you know, you can build your own website now. You can get on social media and start a campaign. People can easily share it. Um, so social media has just like it shrunk the rest of the world, it's shrunk that world as well. Um, streaming has led to just an abundance of content and streamers need someone, anyone, everyone to make that content. Um, so I think as long as it's good and it's going to get eyeballs on their service, they don't, they're not as picky about who's making it, you know? Um, also, women have become very involved in the conversation. You've got magazines like Rue Morgue, who uh, their current editor is Andrea Subasati, and the editor before her was also a woman. So that's a very influential magazine. Um, you've got horror YouTubers, many female horror YouTubers out there that are very popular, and podcast hosts. Um, I think all, not all, almost all of my favorite podcasts have at least one woman involved as a host and or producer, at least. Um, In the storytelling podcasts I listen to, of course, there's always been female narrators, but there are women actually writing, um, you know, screening the submissions, doing the producing, all of those things. 
Um, so, of course, their perspectives and their voices are being represented. And then in more horror review shows, um, again, it, like I said, at least one of the co-hosts, sometimes multiple, are women. Um, so their voices are just being heard. They're contributing to the conversation. And so they're shaping they're shaping the genre. They're shaping the conversation about the genre. Um, and of course, that is going to influence the genre. Um, so just our very presence um, in conversation, I think, is in, is encouraging viewers, streamers, whoever, to give these films a chance and uh, to view them as like equal footing. And so what I've seen now is that, you know, it's no longer like a novelty or even a huge talking point when you see a woman's name attached to a film. Um, and this is something that's been a really pleasant surprise for me in the past, I don't know, five years, maybe, um, I've been pleasantly surprised by later after the fact, after I've seen something, um, I realize, oh, that was directed by a woman. I mean, I've said that so many times now that I feel like, wow, this is becoming more normal, um, which, you know, leads me to the future. Because I will say it is still very lopsided. It's certainly not half and half. Um, but the fact that it's becoming less of a surprise to me, someone who's paying attention, is really a good sign. And I remember last year when Jacqueline and I were talking and she mentioned, this is not a direct quote, but she mentioned that she wanted it to just be like just ubiquitous, that just when you heard that a woman directed it, is just okay it's normal you know and i think that we're starting to see that happen which is very encouraging and exciting so i'm gonna be very excited to see what the future holds um i'm gonna of course continue to pay attention to this and you know if i'm inspired in february uh, to do a women in horror month episode i will do it um if not i won't but i mentioned Back at the beginning of the episode that, you know, when I was a kid, I loved all of the masters of horror. You've got uh, John Carpenter and Wes Craven and Toby Hooper and, you know, all the greats, all the big hits. George Romero, can't leave him out. And it didn't phase me, you know, that there were no women in that list. And um, a couple months ago, a few months ago, I was just scrolling through my Instagram feed and I saw a picture that James Wan posted on his Instagram. And it was a picture of him and some other horror directors, horror folks at Halloween Horror Nights. And in this photo was James Wan, Lee Winnell, who's his writing partner and is a director himself now, um, Mike Flanagan, Scott Derrickson, and C. Robert Cargill, who is Scott Derrickson's writing partner, and he hosts a podcast that I love called Junk Food Cinema. And um, it just hit me seeing all these people in the same picture. Their collective work has meant a lot to me. Um, and I realized maybe as much as all of the previous Masters of Horror from the 70s and 80s, how their work meant so much to me, this new group has meant maybe as much to me. And I thought, I'm looking at 
the next generation, the next class of like the masters of horror. And it's just sort of like washed over me kind of emotionally just to like see these people in the same picture together. And um, later I thought, you know, I think that's what's missing. That's what I would like to see for the future of women in horror. Um, I want to see a woman in that group. Uh, somebody who, you know, hasn't just made one great horror film, although I do think that's enough to be great. But I want to see somebody in that group who has done the things they've done and who can be considered of that caliber in that class. Um, I want to see that in my lifetime. And so that's my hope. That's my hope is that we would see a woman in that in that same category. Um, and I think we will, you know, I think it's just a matter of time. And so uh, I'm very, very encouraged by where we are. Uh, I'm so thankful for the women who are out there doing it, making sacrifices, taking chances, sharing their vision. Um, I'm thankful for, as I mentioned, all of the uh, all of the women who are out there on YouTube and who are podcasting. I'm thankful for the women I've met who are my friends. Uh, many of them I've not met in real life. These are people that I talk to online. You know, I've been fortunate to have a few women and horror friends that I know in person. But uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just so thankful for the community, and um, I'm. So excited to see um, what women are going to continue to do. So this is your yearly reminder to get out there and seek out some women in horror content. Um, I am going to put a couple links in the show notes of articles and uh, lists that I think are good ones. And also before I wrap up today, uh, there are a couple of other updates that I need to give. Earlier this month, I was on the Straight Chilling podcast talking about Knock at the Cabin. Um, I'm always happy to be on that show. Um, They've become good friends of the show. And then earlier this week, I was on a Cut Above Horror Review talking about American Mary. So um, I briefly talked about American Mary today. If you would like to hear me go in depth on that movie, please check out A Cut Above. And I will link those in the show notes. Uh, Also have to say thank you to A Cut Above because they sent me the most thoughtful gift Um, in our little community. uh, We have people who do all kinds of things and Anna from our community makes soy candles and they are movie themed and so A Cut Above uh, selected a few horror themed ones, um, a couple of it themed ones and a scream themed candle and uh, sent those to me as a gift to say thank you for coming on their show. And um, I was delighted. So please check out Anna's House of Wax for all your horror candle needs. And um, I'm looking forward to, uh, to doing another update and seeing where we are in another year, five years, 10 years. So thanks for being with me today. Happy Women in Horror Month. And until next time, stay spooky. in. You can find the show on Instagram and Facebook at Light and Shadow Pod. Sign up to become a supporter on Patreon for early access to all episodes and more. 
please rate, review, and subscribe to help other people find the show. Until next time, stay spooky.